Welcome to Box Cutters episode 42. The meaning of life. Damn it! <laughs> Sorry. I was. Oh. Sorry, try it again, try it again. I'll. I'll welcome to. W- welcome to Box Cutters episode 42. The meaning Thank of you. life. Shit! <laughs> my name's Josh Canal. To my left, Ross McQueen. What was your joke going to be? The meaning of life. Ah, oh, sorry. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. What's going on, fellas? Anything happened in television this week? Nothing. Oh, nah. Not a lot. Nah. It's, been, it's been a boring week. Yeah. No. Sure. I, I, I wish the politicians did uh, get in and comment on what's on TV more. R- really? I do. Really? I, I really do. Because they've, they've done it a, a, a bit with, uh, yeah. like, yeah, with Larry Emder uh, losing uh, Wheel of Fortune. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did somebody come oh, out John, and support John him? Howard. John Howard says it's on Australian. Oh. And and how Will, it, Will, the wheel was un-Australian? Or no, no, no. That Larry uh, is un-Australian, or no, no, it's un-Australian to drop. It's un, it's un-Australian to drop Larry Emder from a show. And well, Howard's response. This was last week, but Howard's response to the soccer that was quite good. There's a sport other than cricket. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I read a, <laughs> I read an a letter in Thursday's Herald Sun. Apparently, with with uh, in relation to uh, John Howard, our beloved PM, and the cricket. Apparently, not only has he been bagging out Big Brother, but he's also been bagging out 2020 cricket. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. What? I think because he wears glasses and he thinks that <laughs> it's offensive to people without 2020 vision. <laughs> I thought it was just because he can't bowl and he can't bat. <laughs> <laughs> you are, of course, listening to Box Cutters, a podcast all about television. We have a wonderful, huge, poignant Interesting show for you today. You're sounding like Calculon. <laughs> My ungodly acting talent. <laughs> we have the return of things you may have missed because you might not have seen them on cable or perhaps you haven't had a chance to get them on DVD or be over at somebody else's house while it's been on their television. Perhaps you just missed it because it was on at a time when you weren't watching television. Or, or in a country you weren't in. Or perhaps you've seen it. Or the networks just screwed it over when they showed it, as is the case with this week's that's, episode. That's the longest title this segment has ever had. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about a show called Dinner, Dinner, Party, Expect- Dinner Party Inspectors. Later on, uh, if I can get my mouth to work properly. We're also uh, going to talk about uh, Showtime in the US and how they've screwed over the rest of the world. We've got some junk. And, uh, of course, Jess McGuire is coming in to talk about Big Brother. and The whole scandal. The whole Big Brother scandal. That's coming up later on in Box Cutters. As always, we're going to kick it off with the Box Cutter News. In financial news regarding Channel 7, here's our reporter, Brett Cropley. The seven networks' advertising revenues for the six months to June are expected to reach a record level of about $440 million. That's for the six months after uh, advertisers rushed to purchase slots uh, in programs such as Desperate Housewives and Dancing with the Stars and Lost and uh, Prison Break for the first four episodes before Channel 7 screwed up the programming on that <laughs> and people were still watching it. And uh, Not so much Desperate Housewives anymore. 
from what we're hearing. No, no. Mm. <laughs> um, which is which is kind of interesting, uh, given that advertising sales in television overall have actually slipped down uh, in competition to stuff like the internet. Uh, it's declined about two percent in the last uh, in in the first half of this year. It's an interesting thing with with uh, advertising revenue on on television because. At any one time, you have only a certain number of dollars that are going to be invested in, in television advertising, and that number of dollars is declining as a whole. But what we're seeing is that more of those dollars are being siphoned off to Channel 7 than to 9 or 10 or SBS, uh, although I'm sure SBS will uh, will have made quite a nice profit on the World Cup. Mm. Uh, so, so 9 and 10's profits are just going to plummet because uh, sevens are increasing, but the whole pool is decreasing. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens television-wise come next year, uh, see what uh, what stations can and cannot afford. That $440 million, though, is uh, going to have to help with the football rights mm-hmm. that Channel 7 have purchased. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On top of uh, getting rid of the Coventry Street Studios and Telstra Dome yes. and the like. I actually got involved in a bit of a forum to and fro, uh, mourning the TV networks all be becoming about the money and the bottom line and uh, everything moving to Sydney, all the production stuff. And, um, you know, they said, oh, they just can't afford to keep the facilities up, which is crap. Channel 7's making record profits. Yeah, but as as a whole, they have to look at long-term possibility of losing losing major revenue. I, I don't know if it's if it's such a bad move, but it, it reminds me of uh, that little bit in uh, the film The Player, which was also a book, mm-hmm. uh, where they're talking about how the studios used to be studios, but now they're just office buildings. And that's that's what television's becoming uh, as, as far as, uh, you know, the actual corporations go. I think, you know, we're, we're in for some interesting times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Channel 10, on the other hand, are, are trying to uh, allay that with uh, with some... Uh, investment into multimedia. They're, uh, they're, they've actually put uh, Damien Smith as general manager of its digital media division, and uh, they're looking to, to build on the strength of things like the Big Brother website, which has about 2 million unique views a day. Was that before or after Sunday? Uh, I don't know. This, uh, this article is from The Australian on the 3rd of July. It's after... Because, of course, the Big Brother went, uh, site went down. Yes. Uh, as it were, on Sunday. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's, according to, that's according to Hitwise, who uh, seem to be the authority on such things these days. I'm wondering uh, if Hitwise, if, if they would have had those figures since Sunday. I don't think mm-hmm. so. I think that's like an average of 2 million unique views per day and their channel 10 are looking at uh, increasing that kind of market and maybe using that as a new revenue model. So any well, pointers on where they're going to go with that? Uh, they, well, they also put up the, uh, the, the last episode of thank God you're here for two weeks and had free downloads for that. I think they're looking at doing more of that. They're looking at uh, maybe doing some podcast shows and uh, he's new in the job. So I, I think we'll see, at the beginning of uh, of next year, what uh, the show's as come we've up said with. a few times on this show, though, it's it's the future, 
And have we heard... uh, You can't imagine having TV shows now without some sort of online content. Yes. And have we heard any any further news about a merger between Google and 10 for 10 Google? No, I've heard nothing about that. No? Okay. Anything Uh, initial, let alone anything further. Yeah, we've we've never mentioned that. Yes, we have. We're talking about Yahoo Seven and no, Nine I, MSN. And no, no. The I obvious think, one would be Ten Google. It'd be a ten with a hundred zeros after it. I, I really think that just happened in your brain. No, no, yeah. we had that conversation. <laughs> I don't think so, Brett. <laughs> if anybody remembers that conversation happening, email us hooray at boxcutters.net. Hey, uh, good news for local viewers. Uh, Doctor Who returns this Saturday, so that's uh, Saturday the eighth. Which is uh, great for local viewers. It's the, the so this is the second series. season. The second season. No, this is, is the, the Christmas season. special. Is this it? week? Yeah, but is it following Cause, into cause the news? ABC have been uh, showing teasers with Christmas in July. Oh. Get the D- doctor. Does it follow on with the whole? I, I, I'm show? not sure. I asked oh. somebody that same thing last night, and I didn't get an answer. Oh. So Christmas in July, it can only be some problem with the space time continuum. The Christmas tree starts spinning around. A bit right. like uh, uh, the girl in The Exorcist. Right. With the head. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, Reagan. I'll, Reagan was her name. In I'll, I'll go with something I'm on a bit more firm ground with then. The Ricky Gervais penned episode of The Simpsons goes to air here on Tuesday. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so that's very exciting. Now, what, what time is Channel, Channel 10 showing The Simpsons on a Tuesday? 7.30. 7.30. Okay. Just before the hit Australian comedy <laughs> series. <laughs> The Wedge. Yeah, stinker. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, Metallica are, uh, uh, have signed up to appear in a Simpsons. So uh, if you're sharing that on Torrance, beware. They're going to see you, I'm sure. <laughs> they did the same thing the Napster users. Oh, speaking of, uh, of Metallica, this week on television, uh, Rockstar Supernova began. And, and they've, they've had ads uh, on buses and trams and tram stops and all over the place uh, saying what a killer band it's going to be with Tommy Lee involved. And I think it's... Uh, I mean, firstly, the three guys who are in the band look so old. It's it's quite shocking. Uh, but in in news a, a couple and, of weeks uh, ago... And didn't? Yeah. That, but I kind of expected that. Whereas right. Tommy Lee, I've, I've still got my, my impression of... Tommy Lee, as I read of him in The Dirt. Mm. And no, he's just not like that anymore. In The Dirt? Uh, The Dirt was the book about Motley Crue. Okay. Uh, I just got Tommy Lee goes to college. Right. (laughs) The the Australian that we were talking about a few weeks ago in the news, what a rank bogan he is. That's really, that's the the kind of calibre of news I have. Surely that's their demographic. (laughs) Surely that's that's their target. Uh, No, no. With that kind of lineup for a new band. No. I didn't realise. He's he's just, he's no talent. They've all got to be headbangers. Eden Gahar. Is, is, uh, a, is a co-producer. He's a co-producer on that show. I didn't, I didn't realise that. People will know Eden from... Uh, he used to host a kids' show on ABC. He used to host the afternoon show. The afternoon show and, and, and oh, a kids' show. And there was a kids' quiz show. show. Was he involved with The Money or the Gun? No. You're thinking of Andrew Denton. <laughs> no, no, I was thinking with Andrew Denton. <laughs> no, Eden Gahar would have been way too young. But Eden Gahar's sister was one of the... Uh, Oh, I can't even remember the name of the band that uh, the Nissan Cedrics who oh. were the backup singers for Roy and Roy HG. And HG. Oh. Well, no, I can't <laughs> you, you can't do anything there. <laughs> no. Speaking of uh, of people who have appeared on TV, Danny DeVito is set to star in his first ongoing role since he left the show Taxi. 
okay. All the way back in the 70s. He's going to start appearing in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a show that FX, the uh, basic cable channel that Fox have. Have you got that? Yes. Yes, you can't actually build anything on that. Good. It's not like the WB. No. This is this is basic cable, but that's uh, the Warner Brothers channel, isn't it? <laughs> but it's but it's run by Fox. It's also the the channel that the Shield, the Shield is on, and uh, the other one. Yeah, that one. The other one. Yeah, with the with the people who did stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one I mean, Josh. That's the quality of information you can expect from <laughs> no, Fox. No, 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 Thief. Oh yes, yes, Thief, Thief. <laughs> Which was uh, just just a, a short six-parter, but maybe we'll talk about that in uh, things you may have blah, 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 later on in the year. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I saw the first two episodes of that. It was interesting, but not great. It'll be interesting to see what Danny DeVito brings to that role for the second season. Well, Something talking, short. Of, uh, <laughs> talking of movie stars moving to the smaller screen, as it were, Ben Stiller is to project... Uh, project is to produce and direct his wife, Christine That's Taylor. Project. That's yeah. the technical term for it. <laughs> In a new HBO comedy. Uh, it's unnamed as yet, but the it's being um, touted as another show in the vein of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Now, a couple of weeks ago the when Corys. I wasn't... The Corys. You were talking about the Corys, and this, this must be television gold at the moment. If you want to sell a show, say, oh, it's, it's kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm, I think... Is that it, means basically you don't have a script. It, you don't have a script and it's really poorly shot. <laughs> is, is Curb Your Enthusiasm still in production? Yes. They're just going fifth series, I think, or sixth maybe even. Uh, I don't know where they're up to in the I think I think they're signed to continue in production for as long as Larry David has hair. <laughs> he didn't have hair to start with, did he? Well, he's got a little just bit. Around the side. Just around the sides. As soon as, that, as soon as that's all gone... The show will be gone. A bit like a bit like in The Simpsons this week with Homer getting his hair stolen. Yeah. And, oh my god, I'm bald. <laughs> uh, people will remember Ben Stiller's wife, Christine Taylor, from such things as Zoolander, and also on television she was Sally Sitwell in uh, Arrested Development. Yes, she was, and she also played Dodgeball, uh, Marsha in the Brady Bunch movie. Brady she Bunch so movie. looks like Marsha. Mm. Yeah, she really does. Yeah, it's freaky. She really does. Um, uh, the One of Australia's first cor- foreign correspondents, TV presenter and movie critic John Hind has died in Sydney, aged 92. Um, I, I only know him from his uh, movie kind of introductions, a little bit like Bill Collins back in the day. Well, he, he was a movie reviewer on the ABC from 1966 to 1999. Uh, which, and if anyone saw him in 1999 reviewing films, he looked 92 then. Uh, you know, I, I'm amazed to find out how how young he actually was. And yet was he was a died. sprightly 86 or that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. And and you know, a, a credit to uh, John Howard and Peter Costello's uh, "Don't retire until you're good and ready" <laughs> philosophy. Uh, he, he was a, an amazing film reviewer. And I really looked up to him as as I did Ivan Hutchison when I when I started out. He kind of just loved film, and that's why he did it. He didn't so much love war, which I think is why he stopped being a war correspondent. Poignant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that all you've got? He uh, passed away <laughs> on th- on Tuesday night uh, in a Sydney nursing home. Yeah, he'll 
well, you know, I, I've, I, I do miss his, uh, I, I do miss his film reviews. Hmm. Um, in in some of the fallout from no, no, no. I was going to say, and we'll be back with more box cutters news. Hi, I'm Josie Pirelli from Chart Busting 80s, and you're listening to the guys on Box Cutters. We're back with Box Cutters news. <laughs> Professional. That idea is far too quick. Four seconds, Josie. Could have put a focaccia in there. <laughs> I actually put a short one in there on, on purpose, Brett. I just I didn't know what Ross's hand waving. Right, was next time I'm not closing the mics. <laughs> just you guys be ready. Hey, uh, in uh, Lost news, the producers have come out and said next series of Lost is going to be sexier. I read about this. They're going to They're turn gonna... it into a soapy. Why? <laughs> Why would they do that? They're gonna. It's going to be sexier. There's going to be three new characters, and they're possibly considering doing a movie in four or five years. We're not happy with our successful formula. We mm, want to stuff it up. Mm, it's beginning to smell a lot like X Files. <laughs> it really is. Mm. A, a toy so, in every store. But Hey, it's still doing great at the moment. I still love uh, Lost, but we'll just wait. Yeah, reserve your judgment. I always Mm. do. Every Mm. episode. I reserve (laughs) my judgment on Lost every episode. A couple of things uh, following up to last week's uh, big story, which was all about Mark Llewellyn's affidavit about what really went on at uh, Channel 9. Um, The Today Show viewer figures are actually up. It seems oh. that uh, through the controversy and the trials and tribulations that uh, host Jessica Rowe has been through, looking forward to a, a big boning from uh, <laughs> from Eddie McGuire, uh, the viewer figures have gone up. They rose by 8,000 viewers in the five capital cities on average each day, while Sunrise's audience has dropped by 16,000. See, it's not, that, uh, it's not that surprising, I think. People tune into that sort of thing to try and see if it is as much of a train wreck as as everybody's saying, and then so they then themselves can say, "Oh, it's a train wreck." There was a there was a letter in the guide this week complaining about the number of deaths on Twenty Four and how they were outraged, but they'd still sat through the whole episode and counted how many people died so that so that they could be outraged and write to the guide. So I think it's yes. it's a similar thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know, people are wanting to go, "Oh, I hear she sucks," and then it'll be on, "Wow, she sucks." Although she has got rid of the, she's she's softened her hair. Oh, she's she? looking less harsh. Oh. Um, she's and, she's uh, quit with the helium. The helium? <laughs> yeah, she's not giggling. Is that not giggling as giggle? much? Uh, yeah, but could she like eat a sandwich? That's all. <laughs> put some put some butter on your bread. Yeah, come on. If you turned into if you turned into sunrise and she was eating a sandwich, you you would say this is what's the problem with this show. It's just a woman eating a sandwich. I actually heard something about... She can about... eat the sandwich off air. I just... Oh, right. Sorry. I just mean, I just mean that this, the laughing skeleton is really <laughs> just, just not doing it for me. I also heard something about uh, Channel 9 people considering putting uh, husband and wife together. Uh, Peter Overton, who's... Mm. Is he still on 60 Minutes at the moment? Yeah. Th- with oh. Jessica Rowe, uh, a formula that's worked magically in the UK with uh, um, them, Nick and Judy. Oh, oh, that's ah. Oh, are they married? Yeah, right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things with Sunrise that people say that which ones which I get them confused. Today is on Channel Nine with Jessica. Okay. That's one of the things people like about Sunrise is that uh, Kosh. They seem like a married and, couple, and whatever Mel. whatever her name is, seem to really like each other. Yeah, and it's it's what always worked for for uh, Ernie and Ding, Ding Dong as well. 
is that they worked really well together. It, it was like they were an old couple. Daryl and Ozzy. Yes. And lots of reports this week about just... Bert how, and how, an, how much of a non-entity Carl is on, on today. Martin and Munster. why isn't he coming in Darryl for the, uh, the criticism? <laughs> uh, on, to, on, to, on the boning incident, uh, I, I was speaking to somebody, I think it may have been my housemate during the week, who suggested that maybe the bone reference comes from the old uh, Aboriginal uh, thing of like pointing the, the bone, bone. of yeah. pointing the bone at somebody. You point the bone at them and they're gone. Maybe. Well, that just goes back to Eddie's ancestral roots, doesn't it? Clearly. Clearly. From Brody. Yeah. They did heaps of that in Brody. Hey, tell us something about the Emmys. Well, Russ. apparently the Emmys have got a whole new uh, voting thing to try and make it fairer for new shows to to win the Emmys rather than just the old shows getting up year after year. That's yeah, that's, that's, something that's, that's something that Sopranos found really hard to do in their first year. Yeah, well, I, I, I've kind of read the new system and... Is it SMS voting? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, <laughs> they choose 10 finalists for the best comedy and the best drama series on the basis of votes cast for all eligible candidates in each category. This field, uh, this field is then winnowed to five nominees by a blue-ribbon panel of judges who review videotapes. Winnowed? Yeah, I'd never heard of it either. Maybe it's a technical Emmy term. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I... Uh, maybe they meant minnowed, like a small fish. Yeah, maybe. Um, but one of the critics has been uh, has been quoted as saying that uh, these changes will really do some good and some people for long overdue recognize, recognition will finally be, get recognised, such as Laura Graham of the WB's Gilmore Girls. On the Warner Brothers oh, Network. It's... Why? What? <laughs> what? That show is an ad for shampoo. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, that's, that's... Made by shampoo advertisers. Yes. So, so that's the quality that... Uh, that we're going to get from this new voting process. Um, further complicating the Emmy picture this year is the proliferation of hour-long shows that, shock horror, mix elements of comedy and drama. How could you vote for them that don't fit into any one category? <laughs> so, um, yeah, judging from that, I think the Emmys are going to be the same bucket of shit as you <laughs> I can't wait! <laughs> maybe Jon Stewart will host them as well. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that's the, the same bucket that they make all those shit sandwiches out of. Ah, uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of which, another, uh, another player in the drama of last week at Channel 9 with the affidavit, Sam Chisholm. Uh, is tipped to be the Howard government's choice to be the next chairman of the ABC. Speculation is mounting that Chisholm will resign from his board positions with PBL as early as next Wednesday to clear the way for his appointment to the ABC. Uh, John Howard was on radio this morning, not denying it. Oh. Uh, not not denying it. Oh. That's, wow. I um, Chisholm started off at uh, GTV9 in Melbourne, was head of the network during the 1980s, uh, pretty golden period there at Channel 9, went off and uh, resurrected Beast Guy B for Rupert Murdoch and uh, got dragged, I, I, I believe he was forced back by Kerry Packer uh, late last year, or last year, um, to get the ship back in order a little bit. Mm. Right, it sounds like Before he's... Uh, being dumped by Eddie Winnie. Yeah, it, it sounds like he's someone who you'd want to have... Hitting your network. 
Channel Nine. And it lastly, does. Um, although it, it given given his given his commercial background, commercial television background, it's perhaps a little bit worrying that he's going to the ABC and might uh, bring up the whole let's put advertising on ABC TV. No, again. I reckon he could just give it a good kick up the arse. And lastly, in the news. Channel 7 and 9 are furious about uh, about changes to swimming that look like taking place over the next couple of years. Uh, next, what, For a particular... No, no, no. What's happening is the Beijing Olympics have uh, bowed to pressure and they're putting their swimming finals, traditionally they're held at night. You have the heats in the morning, they have the heats finals yep. at night. Mm-hmm. They're putting the finals in the morning now. Right. Why? What, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but it It's does, a communist state. It does if you're a TV oh, so, viewer. So it's about communism. It's about communism. It really? does if you're a TV viewer in the eastern states of America. Wait a minute, that's not communism. That puts it on at prime time. <gasps> right. Now, Talent 7 are furious about this, and of course, having already paid for this round of Olympics and spent a lot of money, a lot of that was based on the revenue that they would have got during prime time for the swimming. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, Channel 9 is also furious about it because all swimming events leading up to the Olympics will now have to follow suit and will have to, will have, to yes. have that kind of, uh, that kind of format uh, to, to try and get the swimmers used to it. Yes. And that's... Channel 9 have umpteen million. They seem to have one on every other month. You know, they do love the swimming. Yes, different swimming oh, I heard about pressure on, on an Australian championship to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. The reports that I was hearing today weren't mentioning who it was in the US. Is it NBC? Is that the it Olympics hasn't. I don't think it's been elaborated. It's got to be than US networks, but I'm pretty. Sure, isn't it NBC over there that show? Normally, yeah, yeah. That's uh, th- that's interesting because you know if we can't trust them with something on something like swimming in the Olympics, then we can't trust them with a nuclear non-proliferation treaty. Are we talking about the Americans or the Chinese? Both. <laughs> or maybe the I, North I, Koreans. I, I don't actually think it was the Chinese that made the decision. I think it was the IOC. Right. Who may have nuclear Chinese weapons. members. But, they, might, they might have nuclear weapons as but, well. How but, can we trust them? But hang on. The this I, is, this the, is turning into an episode of 24. The, <laughs> the IOC would never bow to commercial pressures. I mean, the, the, clearly Atlanta was, was the city... Most <laughs> best suited for those Olympics, and that, that Melbourne didn't have. It had nothing to do with Coca Cola. And that is the box cutters editorial news. And now we welcome to the studio our big brother correspondent, the wonderful Jess Maguire. Hi, lads. How are you? Pretty well. How are you? I'm good. Anything happened in the uh, Big Brother house this week? Not much, actually. It's been a pretty quiet week. No mm-hmm. one really talking about it. Certainly not the PM putting his two cents in, so mm-hmm. well, pretty standard. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Jess McGuire. Thank you, guys. All right. Now, obviously, there is the turkey slap incident. Yes, there is. Now, this is... Uh, I, I've never seen a nation more <laughs> intrigued by... Something that didn't actually happen on a television show. Yeah. On a television show. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. I think a friend of mine wrote a letter into to Straper, which was the most amazing letter. I wish I had the whole thing here. In it, he 
called her a petty reactionary from Adelaide with a questionable parliamentary record and cheaply dyed hair (laughs) (laughs) and pointed out that despite all her bleatings about the issue, the entire incident hadn't even gone on television. You know, they'd done, I I suppose from the Channel 10 sort of Southern Stonemall point of view, they uh, hadn't done much wrong. They did wait 15 hours to kick the boys out. But it wasn't aired. It was the live feed. Have you you seen the footage of it? I I haven't, but I've read the uh, transcripts from... The uh, behind Big Brother. I've, I've seen, seen the uh, I've seen I've the seen... news edited footage. Oh, I've seen I've seen the full footage. Oh. Yeah, I can send it to you. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it's it's a t- it's a tough one because you, like you don't want people to be overreacting, and you also don't want people to think that sort of okay to hold. You know, it depends. It's it's a really good example of how when stories are breaking through through blogs, and I guess. Um, the Big Brother website didn't put anything official up for a while and when they did, it didn't really say anything, is that people are going to make their own conclusions and, you know, it sounded particularly hideous before you saw the footage. At the same time, I mean, I guess it's not the sort of thing... I would like it if I had male friends that the height of their witty humour was not getting their cock out and slapping me in the face with it. Which, which is, of course, the, the, that's the incident that we're talking about. It is indeed. That's uh, what the boys Ashley did. Ashley and John uh, held down Who, Camilla. interestingly, are both called Michael. Yes. Yes. Which is... Uh, is everybody in the house called Michael? They are, actually. <laughs> yeah. Camilla, Claire, yeah. Crystal, or Michael's. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, Well, it's just... I mean, again... I think, you know, I think I w- that would make the show more interesting. I wouldn't be surprised that, everybody Michael. I wouldn't be surprised that Crystal would have a fake name. She has fake enough... Else. Yes, no, mm. crystal with a K, any, I think anyone with a brain would never <laughs> wouldn't have gone with that. But I'd never heard the term before. No, I hadn't Turkey either. slap. Yeah. No. What about Dirty Sanchez? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But never yeah. turkey slap. Yeah, it's not really something that my mates do. But but, but I, did you know the term? I had heard the term because I'm a filthy harlot that trolls the internet for disgusting <laughs> concepts like bukkake parties and, and the rest. It's, I know all about those. Yeah, it's clearly... <laughs> Clearly, you're a bit of a party man, but, uh, but <laughs> just not enough. You held them. Uh, <laughs> now, interestingly, this actually, it's since come to light that there was a turkey slap incident last year in Big Brother. Oh, uh, it wasn't. Where uh, Rita's come out, people will remember Rita as the intruder who just wouldn't oh, shut up. Yes. And said, oh, that, uh, said that Heath, and people will remember Heath as yes. the dickhead. Bogan guy <laughs> that pashed Kate. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, but apparently he asked her permission beforehand and she said it was okay and mm-hmm. then decided afterwards that it probably wasn't once he'd done it. It's a bit Jane Austen, isn't it? My lady, care for a turkey slap. Speaking Why, of... yes, Mr Heath. <laughs> but speaking of intruders, how horrible is that Perry chick? Oh, uh, Brett, Brett. The thing about Perry is Brett. Josh, you're listening to what I'm telling Brett about Perry <laughs> because Ross, what I'm doing is telling uh, Josh about what about I'm saying now. to Brett. I want to talk about this now. Have you seen the image of her that they're using to vote her out? I can only talk about this this week because she'll be gone on Sunday, <laughs> surely. The image of her is not her. Oh, no, it's, it's like Where a 19-year-old daughter. The... Yeah. <laughs> we were going... It's nice that she stepped up to the plate. Mum was probably busy talking yeah. around the corner. <laughs> Would you, would you do that do you do that for mum? Because I've, I've got to talk to David because David's talking to... Come, oh. Oh, you do that too well. It's just that name thing just kills me. Just Even in the Big Brother diary, they go, David, I'm going to have a go at making the porridge. I tell you, Camilla, I've never made porridge before, Camilla. And Claire, if you look at the way that I'm telling Camilla... <laughs> I just shrugged then I know it's radio so no one can hear But I, I think she's, she's gone in there going I've probably only got a week 
Mm. I'm going to get as much airtime as possible. I was surprised she wasn't nominated last. <laughs> oh, she couldn't be. She, she couldn't wasn't, be. Yeah. She was intruders get a week off. But, I mean, apparently, she's claiming, oh, I don't know anything about the show, but she's been apparently in the front of the line for the last three years. Yeah. Like, yeah. number one, they obviously never put her in and now they want to push them all to suicide watch. So they just <laughs> banged her in the house. And you can tell she's a bit of a brain surgeon by her, her crisis during the week about whether it was a game or not. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a game. It's a, it's a reality TV show, David. It's not a game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I don't know if you saw David's tantrum last night. No, I heard about it. No, so this was uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, no, I heard. He, basically, I saw a little bit of it tonight, um, but basically, I think he'd had a bit of an interaction with Crystal at the family dinner, and then and then Perry later on was talking to him about it being a game, and they'd question him about giving his three points. To Darren, you know, he, he won Friday Night Live games. He was able to take three points off someone nominated, and he was up, and he chose to take it off Darren. That's the second time he's done that. He's D- Darren off- is the intruder who doesn't speak. Is that correct? Oh, uh, well, he speaks a bit. He's, 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 he's the twelve-year-old yeah. intruder. I've yeah. never heard him speak. Uh, well, David's too busy nuzzling him. I think he's just. <laughs> David has it so hot for Darren. It's ridiculous. I've, and I've I, a, for one, would love to see it. I hate David. Do you? He, he's just the most obnoxious, know-it-all mm. is wanker. It, is he's it because just of, a is dickhead. It, it, be honest. It's because of Belinda Carlisle's Dancing With You in the Summer Rain, isn't it? <laughs> okay, that, that if, was the start. No, 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 no one no. will be saying anything about Belinda Carlisle that's derogatory <laughs> while I'm in his studio. I don't lay the smack okay. down very often, boys, but that will... Do you see my face? It's like, yeah. what's going on here? Are they, are they making fun of her no, holiness? Yeah. Fair enough, Jess. No. Our lips are sealed. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's just that uh, he, he's such a freaking martyr. He is, unfortunately. And look, I really, I really like David, and I think he's done some really good things in that. But I think, I think it was uh, Holly C from Best of the Brats said to me last night, it's like he's got his period at the moment. <laughs> he's just snapped with bed, bread baking, and then Camilla had apparently, basically like yesterday, Camilla had joked as well, like Jamie had her working out, right? Jamie was training, and he said, you have to go until dinner. Meanwhile, David has baked a beautiful piece of bread, a beautiful loaf, and begins to take it around the compound to show people his loaf. Unfortunately, (laughs) not a metaphor. (laughs) Carrying his loaf gently in both hands around the house, presenting it to others. And he got to Camilla and she jokingly said something along the lines of, hurry, can you hurry up and get dinner ready? Meaning, so I can stop exercising. And he was like, I think you disrespected me and I'm trying to... Blah, blah, blah. And in the end, I think she was just like... Dude, seriously, you're going mental. And then, then obviously, I think hang on. At what point couldn't she just stop exercising of her own free will? Uh, have you ever tried to uh, outtalk Jamie when he's when he's asking? It's like <sighs> Camilla. <laughs> cool breezes blow, legs move. <laughs> like I mean, it's just in amateur poetry that makes me want to stab my eyes out. Um, so anyway, so he's obviously he's already had his oh cool that was professional yeah bang bang he's already uh had his tanty with Camilla then he has issues with Perry Perry talks to him afterwards and questions him about taking the three points off Darren and says I think you're playing the game right but there is no game oh no there is and she was stirring the pot and he wasn't a fence sitter. He massively got devo about it. I'm just talking big brother, fluent big brother. And so he stood up. He went, I'll prove to you I'm not playing the game. Ripped his microphone off and was like, get me out of this fucking house, big brother. Was in with the big brother psychologist for two hours. Like really? wanting and, to leave the house. And fined $5,000. 
Oh, yeah, was he? For I, ripping off? No. He I don't should have been. He's talking it, without it, a mic. The rules it, are the rules. David. <laughs> <laughs> You've angered Big Brother by talking without your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a five thousand dollar like there's a really big pause there like one day he's going that's a five hundred thousand dollar like like they don't know what's coming he's just honestly and i've been watching more of the english big brother on on the internet i know i keep talking about it but their big brother like i saw the 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 girl nikki who i love who's insane went in there and she's having a tantrum like just like phenomenal like nikki who do you nominate for two points she's like fuck him like tonight's nomination she goes nominate richard right because he said, when I dropped the fig in my um, underwear drawer and the fig was there and he said it was poo and I and it wasn't poo, it was a fig. It was a fig, it wasn't a poo. Now, our big brother would be like, Nikki, that's not a valid reason to nominate. You're not nominating for the poo. You're nominating, you know. And hers is like... Nikki, take all the time you need. Like, they just, they they don't give a rat. And that's the exact approach that they need to have. And that's where you get people being interesting. But this, uh, does Big Brother think that people are tuning in every Monday night going, can't wait to see where the Big Brother hammers them this week. (laughs) It's just the most infuriating thing in the world. And and it's, I find it, you know, quite un-Australian because the Australian way would be for someone to go, oh, I nominate Crystal because her boobs are too big and... Uh, you know, they, I find them distracting. Yeah, yeah. And for Big Brother, just go, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this one is like, that's not a valid reason for nomination. Have you raised this with Crystal? You've nominated Crystal for five weeks in a row. Clearly, there is another issue. Get to the point. Ah, oh, I want to kill him. I really like. He needs Big Brother at the moment. He's begging for a kick in the cock. Can we, can we, uh, if we, th- thanks for bringing cocks back. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I want to talk just quickly about Be the sure. Monday night show where for 10 minutes they had Gretel talking. Which, which to... interrupted Channel 10 programming. No, yeah. it, was, it was like a news flash. It, it wasn't, didn't, it wasn't it didn't in the interrupt, It didn't interrupt the programming. Yeah, it, it was put it but, back by 10 minutes. It, oh, yeah, but that's not... It, it said that's the not, new it season of Numbers will commence after we've had this Big Brother you news gutted? flash. But it wasn't you in gutted? the middle of a shot. Rob Morrow poster in hand. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, woman. <laughs> it's okay. I taped it. I watched it yeah, later. Good, good, yeah, good. yeah did, they, did they have some kind of bizarre mathematical reason for, uh, for solving some crime? Yes. Uh, it, was, it was a food tampering case. Right, and clearly, and that coming up, clearly up that relates to pie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's twice in, twice in one shot. Oh, sorry, that adds up. I, I no, it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't as good as sorry, pie. No, but anyway, I, I stepped on Monday it. night, nine forty. Monday yeah. night at nine forty, oh, uh, Gretel and Michael and Michael uh, <laughs> just s- sitting on the couch saying, "I'm very sorry," and and. Essentially, it was 10 minutes talking about the fact that it was a practical joke. Well, 10 minutes of Gretel feeding them what they should be feeling. Honestly, like I'm not one of the people that, that wants Gretel off the show or anything like that, but I, I have found her approach, this whole thing, not quite on. Like, I mean, it's not... Obviously, I don't... To be honest, I think that... I, th- I read on a blog somewhere, and I wanted to point out really well, that best, these guys have had no time for Camilla the whole time. They treat her with absolutely no respect. Yeah. They don't. She's obviously. But have, they, have they really engaged with anybody else anyway? Um, I hadn't seen much. Yeah, from well, just the, they're in the blokey group, the cool group, the cool gang that they thought they were in or whatever. But Camilla was just not one of the girls the, that they the could T-birds. be bothered with. Oh, exactly. And Crystal, being a pink lady, did <laughs> yeah. what every good Rizzo would do and copped one. No, it's just <laughs> you know she's obviously very very needy and likes to be liked, and they've called her over. And but. They would never have done that to someone like Claire. They would never have done that to someone like Crystal, someone that they had Perry. respect for. Mm. You know, 
Yeah, I know. Brett's just laughing at the concept of having respect for Crystal or something along no, those no, lines. No, no, for Perry. Saying they wouldn't for, oh, for Perry. Perry. <laughs> Perry, they wouldn't want to touch him at the time. <laughs> don't blame them on that count. But, you know, I mean, essentially it might it, – it wasn't, you know, a hold-down gangbang. I mean, and, and the way that some people were talking about it, when I first heard it, because I got a phone call from someone going, they've been kicked out for, for assaulting Camilla. And I was like, Jesus Christ. It obviously wasn't that. But Thinking they beat her up. It, yeah, no, no. It wasn't. It, it, <laughs> I thought it I thought wasn't it that far, but it was still. But it was it was a bit repulsive, and it was stupid. And they're on television; they should know that. They're going on a show where they, you ask the Australian public to assess and judge you on your behaviour, and if you are not found wanting, you come away with a big shitload of money that people have been, you know, SMSing and filling the coffers of Channel Ten. So to go on a show like that, do something as idiotic and immature, and and you know. Really just a bit gross. Whether Camilla had been, you know, over, like mucking around with them beforehand or not, I don't think is the issue. I mean, who, who thinks to do that? If you do that, don't come out and go, everyone's judging us, this is awful. Well, that's exactly why you went on the show and that's why anyone with half a fucking brain... But there's, there's the point. I mean, do they have half a brain? No, clearly plus, no. Plus they're in the house. They're absolutely bored stiff. Lord of the they're, Flies they're syndrome. Ve- yeah, they're very young. Poor Camilla. But here, and, here and, is an opportunity, though, and for Channel 10 to say... Actually, it's not acceptable behaviour. Exactly. And for Gretel, the, Gretel's speech, I found a bit offensive because the way, like, John and Ash were great housemates and blah, and her talk, the way that she talked to them and just, like, bet your mum missed you. And there was no, you know, that's not appropriate full stop. Yeah. Don't you know do what I mean? They sh- they're mugs. They should be treated as mugs. Yeah. I mean, and, that's it, clear and simple. But here's also a, a perfect opportunity for them to bring the psychologist mm. back onto onto television oh, and call the list pill and talk, and talk about the incident and yeah. talk about so that the people watching who are clearly the people who who might be affected by this sort of behavior mm. in everyday life or might do that kind of behavior or might do that kind of behavior can have a little bit of education to know how to deal with that sort of situation. It's, it's, it's been a really buggered up opportunity. Is it opportunity. left to right, right to left? How do you do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, and, and I, know, I think with all the politicians are saying it should be the last year of Big Brother and all the rest. I mean, Tim Brunero, last year's lefty Tim, I think summed it up quite nicely where he said, you can't have a reality show and complain when something real happens. Now, obviously, we're not all doing that every weekend, but maybe there are people that do it. I don't know. I obviously don't hang out with them. More fool me. But, I mean, it is a really good opportunity to use something like that to say that's not on, that's not how you treat women that you respect, blah, 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 blah. No, they're not rapists and this, that and the other, but they did something really stupid. They did something really offensive. They treated Camilla quite appallingly, whether she is, you know, at the moment feeling sensitive enough to go, I don't want to make a big deal out of it and all the rest. I mean, when Big Brother, when she was in the room and and she said, I would like to say something about it, Big Brother said... Camilla, you may talk about your feelings, but please be wary about what you say, the ramifications that could have on Ash and John. I'm sorry, but go shove that up your clacker, big brother. Yeah. Like, it's not... That, that's like taking a rape victim going, well... I mean, I know she's not a rape victim and it's a different situation, but it's like taking a rape victim and going, like, but be a bit careful about what you're saying because that's really going to kill their chances of getting an invite to go to Ding Dong on the weekend. Like, you know, like, <laughs> who thinks that way? But I think I, th- I think that the way that they treated it on Sunday night uh, by cutting out her description of what had happened mm. actually just fueled the fire. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, this and, is the and, thing. Was, and it, was it all a big publicity Gretel stunt? Gretel being being freaking paranoid with, oh, take no attention of, of the lies and innuendos that the other media is going to say about this if incident. But if they're not providing the news, the people... I mean, I, I got my stills of the thing... 20 minutes after I first yeah. heard about it on Saturday, late Saturday afternoon or, or Saturday night or whatever, 
And I had that straight away. Other people's opinions, some of them were wrong. Some of the things that people said that, oh, Galen had said this and blah, 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 said that. But, I mean, it's better to talk about these things than it is to pretend that they don't happen. It's better to have, an, you know, politicians that go, oh, it's dreadful and you can't have that on television. Well, if they're doing it, if people are out there doing it, well, let's talk about it and, and get the message across that it's not on, not broadcasting it or having it on a live internet feed is not on. How about treating someone like that is not on? And, I mean, that's the same as... Because I have the blog, the com blog, and we got a lot of comments because basically the Big Brother website died that night. The forum mm-hmm. was taken off. The Behind Big Brother website died that night because it was just, I think, had probably like 20 times its normal hits. Yep. So we had a bit of an influx of the dribbling buffoons that usually <laughs> incorporate other forums sort of hit there. And... And I, I saw that a, a kind of well-known blogger had linked to my page and, and said, you know, there's some offensive comments there and I would have deleted them if I was Jess. And the way that I kind of look at it, well, there's no use deleting those comments and pretending that people aren't saying them because I don't think that helps the situation. I think if you can out-argue it or point out the idiocy, and people were doing that, you know, I, I didn't even need to get involved. Frankly, other people were really good at doing it and pointing out, you know, a lot of the sexist and really offensive comments. But by deleting things and pretending that they don't happen and they're not being said, then they just get said in a room where you've got no room for discussion on the issue. But just and think of the children. Yeah, uh, well, well, what are the children doing? Think of the family with, with the internet family on. Family first, I say. At, mm-hmm. at one o'clock in the morning. I mean, that's that, that's another. Wasn't it four thirty? Yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah. Wasn't it? It is good publicity though for Big Brother. It has got everybody talking about it. I mean, Josh and I were saying before the show. If you look at all the news mm. articles throughout the week, it's ninety percent Big Brother. Yeah, yeah. I they think, they could have handled it differently, and they could have had a yeah. lot less of the spotlight if they'd wanted to. I think what I would be worried about if I was Big Brother is just the, a lot of the family sponsors. They're not. I mean, they've they've gotten away with treading the fine line of having the adults only show and still having things like that. But I think your, but, your KFCs now, and, all, and all well, the rest. KFC can't have their turkey burger now. Oh. <laughs> You've been holding on to that for I a really while have. now. Haven't I you? really so, have. So, what do you think about the 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 news of the families considering suing uh, uh, Southern Star and Demol? Camilla's family or Camilla? No, no, no. no, no. The John, John and Ashley's families. John's John's live-in mother. Well, Michael's, Michael's, Mrs. Cox, Michael's living mother. Well, I mean, fittingly, to, um, be, to be honest, if your son is that much of a knob, so to speak, that he would do that on television, again, he has to accept the ramifications of doing something. You sign a contract, you go into that show, yeah. you you know, you're signing up for getting cash from doing twister appearances and all the rest afterwards. If you bugger that up, and if that and that's the risk you play when you go on a reality show, then you face the consequences. And I don't think having his behaviour, I can't see how they could sue. Well, they're yeah. saying it's, that the case is the producers knew what they, the boys had, had spoken about it previously, earlier in the day, and they knew that it was it was kind of on the table and they did nothing until it actually happened. That, that and then they really seemed like a case of they'd had the camera in her face for too long. She wasn't a smart woman and somebody just said, would you sue? Yeah, 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 we're going to sue. You know, I just, yeah. I, I think it's, it's just bullshit. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think they actually could. But, I mean, it does raise an interesting point as well, is that Big Brother obviously hears and sees everything. Hmm. How did they not know what was going to happen? Whispering, giggling, Camilla, come over here. It? If they're not going to stop it... But isn't, isn't that what happens all the time in the Big Brother house? Not, not the turkey slap incident, but there'd be giggling and whispering and, and they, people jumping in and out of each other's beds. And, and all they do is talk about yeah. sex stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think... If, I think if you're going to kick someone out for doing it, and rightfully so, if you're going to kick someone out for doing an act like that, there's no way that they wouldn't have known that it was going to be happening because the boys had to have talked about it on the bed to say, do you want to get Camilla over? You, Camilla, Camilla, come over here. 
they would have they would have known. They hear everything. If they, if they hear if you whisper something, a hint about nomination, or do a bloody eye movement that hints that you've nominated someone. That's a five thousand dollar fine, and you've got a strike. They can they know all these things are happening. So. I mean, I, but, I find it hard has, to believe to pl- that they're playing the, whoa, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> but like, has Big Brother ever intervened before action has, has taken place? Well, I don't, I don't think that they would intervene, obviously, in consensual things and, and all the rest. But I don't think that you, if you are to kick someone out, if that does break the Big Brother rules, all the rest, it's not a case, it, it's something that affects someone else as well. It's not like the boys are doing something amongst themselves that is breaking the Big Brother rule. So, you know, we've got to wait, and if they do it, then they're out. It's also something that affects a third party. Mm. I think holding out to see what happens and then going, whoa, that's disgusting and we want no part of it. Oh, well, you know, or just a prank, but... but and, and admitting that it's it's sort of a pretty repulsive act that breaks their rules. Well, then they knew it was coming. And do you think it would have been different if it had been, say, not at 4.15 in the morning? If it had been at a, at a different time of the day when there's possibly more staff on i mean i'm assuming they're down to a skeleton staff by that point yeah possibly but i mean they've they've would have had up late on till about two which which is pretty full-on like a normal show and that's live so that would have a lot more people you still got another i don't know i don't know and i remember when the lights in the bedrooms were out for up late what what time are they turning out the lights oh, they, they do it at different times yeah depending on how much but there's there's also the issue and this this came out on uh, behind big brother today on the behind big brother website that uh, now there's talk that Camilla was actually saying during the day that she wanted one. And uh, and with things like that, I think if I was in Big Brother's position, I would s- stay and wait to see what Camilla's response would be. Mm. Uh, because if she wanted it, then that's not breaking the rules. No, it's it's and that's the thing. It's a really blurry situation. And, and I guess it's the kind of show where you'd want to make an example of sort of bad behaviour. Bad behaviour. But and we we don't know certain things beforehand. I mean, we we can really only get what we're fed as well. So, yeah. you know, it, it's tough. And that's why I've been and, trying and not to draw a line in the sand and go, you know, it's sexual assault or it's harmless. I mean, I, I think it's really a blur of both. And I think that essentially, regardless of what Camilla's saying, you know, what they did, it, it really is. It's, 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 dis- it's distasteful and at best. Yeah. The, the problem and isn't the turkey slap, it's the holding them down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's, and that's what it was, having one of the boys hold one girl down while the other does that. And, and then they were going to take turns. I mean, something about that just strikes yeah, me as really... Well, that's yeah. a bit bukkake there. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the, the whole... I mean, it just seems to me, and this is what I said before, as far as Big Brother the show goes, here is an opportunity missed yeah. to, to be a responsible show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's that's where the major criticism should should fall. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that those boys are going to cop it enough anyway, I think, yeah, they're when they're out of the house. They they're kind of done. Mm. Well, Jess, thank you so much for, for coming into Box Cutters. And just remind us, uh, where's your website? Oh, it's uh, ozculture.com. Where's so. your radio show? Uh, it's on Triple R. It's I'd Rather Jack, midnight to two on Wednesday nights. And where's your trivia night? Two trivia nights at the moment, my friend. Uh, Tuesday nights at the East Brunswick Club, uh, which is the corner of Ligon and Albert Street in East Brunswick, and that starts at 7.30 on a Tuesday. And on Wednesday nights at 7.30, you can get us at the corner, Swan Street in Richmond. Excellent. And is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, where's, where's your house and where do you keep all your values? <laughs> Wait and see. We'll talk. There may be something else. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more. Thanks so much for joining us, Jess. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Tom Elliott here from a variety of different media organisations, 3RRR, 3AW, Channel 7. Mornings with Kerry Ann, Inside Business on a Sunday with Alan Kohler.
I like to spread myself around and so should you. Listen to the box cutters on the internet or any other media you can find them. I think it's educational. I think it's fascinating. I think you might even learn something you didn't know before. Listen to the box cutters. I always do. Coming up later on in box cutters, we have a bunch of junk. We also have some segments for you. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Showtime and their blocking out of international visitors to their website. Uh, I'm going to talk about a show called Dinner Party Inspectors. And coming up next, things you may have missed because they haven't appeared on television in your vicinity while you were looking at that said television. Box cutters. Things you may have missed because they haven't appeared on television while you've been watching a particular television or maybe they've only appeared on cable or on DVD. Maybe they've only appeared in in the America. Maybe they've appeared on commercial networks at a really bad time. Well, this particular one ticks a couple of those boxes. It was screened on Channel 9. Yes. Between 1999 and I think 2001 Channel 9 kept screening it. They were screening it very intermittently. They they spread 11 episodes over many years. Yes, many, many years. It was generally in what I like to call the Letterman time slot, so somewhere between 1am and 5am. Yes. And uh, it it wasn't that easy to find. The old uh, Parker Lewis can't lose time slot. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Indiana. In fact, it probably started or finished, was top or tailed by an episode of Parker Lewis can't lose. It was actually... uh, When I started watching... This particular show. Freaks and Geeks. It was tailed by The Wire. And that's how I got hooked into The Wire. Oh, okay. Hmm. So it's done me many wonders, Freaks and Geeks. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, Freaks and Geeks is a school show, uh, but it's not like any other school show that you would have seen on TV. It's certainly not The OC or uh, whatever that thing was, the other ones. It's, uh, it's nothing Beverly like Hills 90210. All of them. Degrassi Junior High. I was actually thinking of that guy with a huge forehead. Uh, Dawson's Creek. Oh, it's, Dawson. it's no Dawson's Creek. Uh, it's about growing up in the 1980s. Lindsay is a young girl whose grandmother has just died. And so she's feeling disillusioned with the world. So she turns her back on everything. She turns her back on a promising uh, school career as a mathlete. Yes, quite the mathlete. She was, she was, she was head of the mathletics, uh, and yeah. So basically, she's decided she isn't interested with her with her old life of being a little nerdy, and decides to take up with what we colourfully term usually burnouts. Mm-hmm. The people who smoke behind the gym and all that kind of stuff. The, uh, her, a bad crowd. A bad crowd. Wrong side of the tracks. Mm, too much eye makeup. Her little brother, Sam, has just started his first year at junior high and he's just basically trying to survive the uh, the trials and tribulations of junior high school. Uh, so Lindsay and her new friends constitutes the freaks part of the title uh, while Sam and his bunch of friends constitutes the geeks and the freaks do regular freaky type thing they cut class they smoke dope they're in a band play rock music well the geeks are a lot younger obviously and uh they're just discovering girls and trying to figure out life's problems like if they're too old to trick or treat yes and and they're trying to to weigh out their new discovery of girls with their still fond love for Star Wars and comic books and yeah. the like. Yeah. 
and Lindsay and Sam have two well-meaning but rather clueless parents who are just fantastic, very funny. Well, and one of whom viewers might remember the Ed Grimley show, a, a cartoon by Hanna Barbera based on the Martin Short character. And in that, there was a little segment called Count Floyd. Mm. Uh, Count Floyd's Scary Stories, I think it was called. And the guy who plays Count Floyd plays the father. And he is unforgettable in pretty much every role he does. He is. And he was also in Stripes. Yes. And there's quite a lot of mention of Stripes in Freaks and Geeks, where the geeks go off and, and see Stripes, and they're talking about it to him. And uh, talking about how Bill Murray's the greatest actor that ever lived. <laughs> it's, uh, and also, they actually make him dress up in a... Uh, for the Trick or Treat episode, they actually make him dress up in his costume is the vampire costume from the oh, really? Ed Grimley show. I've missed that. I've missed yeah. that episode. Yeah. So, uh, and there's also a couple of great teachers involved at the school. There's uh, Coach Fredericks, who uh, I don't have his name. I forgot that sheet, but uh, people will remember him as Biff from the Back to the Future films. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And there's also a Mr. Mackey-esque guidance counsellor. Who, who's always trying to rap with the students and, and, and talk with them on their own level. He's ex-hippie. He's fantastic. He is. And on the DVD of Freaks and Geeks, he actually does a couple of the commentary tracks in character. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a really nice show. It's a really funny show. Uh, and the female lead, what's, what's yes. the actress's name? Do you remember? Linda something or other. She was recently in Cold Mountain and ER. She was also, she played Velma in the Scooby-Doo movie. Oh, did she? Yes. The surprisingly good Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Linda so, Cantellini? Can, oh, it's something, something, like something Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's all kinds of fun adventures with these, with these guys. There's the house party that uh, Lindsay tries to throw when the parents go out of town and the... Uh, the geeks managed to swap the beer keg for a light beer keg because they're scared <laughs> of uh, of what's going to happen to the house. Uh, there's one where Nate, who's uh, one of Sam's friends, decides that the school mascot isn't funny enough and tries to take over take over his position, mascotting for all the. I, for I have the to say that the the geeks in particular in in this show are so well cast. These are the most awkward looking kids. Yep. I've ever seen on television, and they're great actors. They are. They're fantastic. Interestingly, I think that the freaks kind of well, they're good actors. I don't think the freaks are so well cast in that they all look about thirty. Yeah, uh, one of them actually is one of Steve Carell's friends in the Forty Year Old Virgin. Yes, he is. Which means that he has Seth Roth, I think his name yeah. is. Which means that he's aged about twenty. 20 years in the last five years, yeah. apparently. Uh, but yeah, uh, look, I, I would say it's definitely, it's, it's, the, um, it's the geeks show. Yeah. They- uh, I mean, the, the freaks are good and Lindsay's kind of an interesting character, always making the wrong decisions. But the geeks, it, it's very poignant and it's very, it's very real. There is a great, there is a great storyline with the geeks, with uh, the, uh, the drummer. Yes, Nick. Nick, Nick the drummer who who's now in uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yes, hmm. lots of people are in that show. Nobody should watch it. <laughs> uh, so Nick, Nick the drummer who really, really, really wants to play the drums and is struggling with his father who just thinks that he's wasting his life away. The uh, Colonel, I think. Yes, yeah. and it, it's just a great piece of drama. Mm. This show only 
lasted 11 episodes. 18. No. It lasted 11 episodes. There they are. made 18. So when it was when it was first shown well, in the States... Well, that depends on your definition of lasted. When it was first shown in the States, it was pulled off after 11 episodes. Mm-hmm. And so Channel 9, when they showed it here for the first time, they pulled it off after 11 episodes. So it got to 11, did it? Because it never had a, it never had a firm time. No, but it, it did get to 11 episodes on, oh, okay. on Channel 9. Uh, and one of the... I think Fox 8 was showing it on a Saturday evening last year for a while. And I think they showed it through twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you can get it on DVD, which is well, excellent. And, and the fact that they knew that it was going to get pulled from about halfway through the series is really good because... I think more shows should do this. More shows should just be one season shows because they they were able to have a definitive ending to the series and they were able to kind of tie up all their loose ends. It wasn't just you know a uh, uh, some sort of crazy who done it at the end or or a cliffhanger ending or anything like that. It the season feels like probably enough. I think if they'd kind of tried to keep going, it, it probably would have run out of steam. Itself. Which means that it, it it's just a well told story. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, it's created by a guy called Paul Fegg, who has gone on to direct episodes of Arrested Development and The Office and Weeds. And it, it's kind of like, I guess, Wonder Years without the smolts. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's because it's it's pretty much all based on real experiences of Paul Fegg and the other writers growing up in 1980s in Michigan, I think it is. It's, it is it is a really great show. I want to talk about some other shows that we've talked about and things you may have missed. Uh, we've talked about The Shield and we've talked about Dead Like Me. At the moment, Borders have a sale on where they have their three for the price of two. And you can actually get the first two seasons of The Shield and the first season of Dead Like Me all as part of that deal. And it's a great way to start a collection in that way if... You've heard us talking about the show and you really want to pick up on that. Uh, I went and did that earlier this week. And that's the only way I know about it. Mm. Freaks and Geeks, I can't imagine being shown here, though, uh, being sold here. I don't, think it was, it, I don't think it had enough exposure to justify them bringing the DVDs out here. Although The Wire, the, the Wire was released here before it was on Fox 8. Mm. So you never know. Yeah. It's, worth, it's worth looking out for. Uh, but as always, I recommend... If you can't wait, get it from Amazon. It's really worth, really worth seeing. Yeah. Man, there's some really bad radio shows on, but you know they're really, really bad when they have to be a podcast that, like, absolutely no, not even the shittiest community radio station in the world can play them, and they have to do a podcast. Helen? Oh, hi, I'm John Safran, and you're listening to Box Cutters. It's a podcast where all the winners are. <laughs> Earlier this week on the Food Channel on cable, I was flicking whoa, through channels. Whoa, 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 there's a Food Channel? Oh, yeah. It's a, a channel, it's just about food. I mean, really think about all of the cooking shows that are on television. If you can't fill a channel with those, then you're not trying. Now, on the Food Channel, I'm flicking through and... I see this kind of strange upper-class English woman on the phone with an older upper-class English woman, and they're talking about, oh, Jeremy is hosting a dinner party this evening. I think we should go along and see what it's like. And the other one says, yes, and I'll bring my shih tzu. And so then they trottle off 
along the street, one carrying her dog and the other one carrying her bags of skin and uh, end up at this guy's house. And what they do is they secrete themselves into a small room with three or four monitors and can watch what happens at this guy's dinner party while, while it's going on. So there are cameras set up to record the dinner party and all they do is sit and comment on it like they're Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> they don't... They don't That's actually, the two old guys from The Muppets. Yes. They don't actually... Uh, oh, The Muppet Show is the other one I picked up in that deal, by the way. Uh, the, uh, they don't actually intervene in any way. They don't give him any kind of advice. It seems like, from the title of the show, The Dinner Party Inspectors, I would think that maybe they'd be kind of like Trini and Susanna in What Not to Wear, where they help you through to make an excellent dinner party. No, all they do is go to dinner parties and watch people make awkward conversation and, <laughs> uh, and then just bitch about it. <laughs> uh, it's strangely entrancing. I, I actually couldn't stop watching it. My housemate didn't understand that I really wanted to watch this show. But I, it was just fascinating to see how these people could sit there and, and just judge whether or not this had been a successful dinner party. So did they have any interaction with the, the people having the dinner? No. Not even at the end? You know Saying, what? I, uh, no, I, it was just I, that was a shit-ass carving of the turkey, uh, three out of ten from me. I lost a battle of control for the remote <laughs> before the end of the show, so I can't say what happens at the end. But it seemed like, no, they, they were well up to dessert, and it was close to the end of the show. This poor guy had a five-course dinner. He had written poems for everybody to read out before dinner. Uh, there were uh, there were two complete bitches at the table. I mean, this guy was an actor, and all of his friends were actors. So everybody's trying to be the centre of attention. But at one point... The- were, they, were they actors acting? Or were they actors on their off time, but they were still working? No, they were, they were actors on they were their people. off time. They were, just- they were people. They so weren't they actors. were playing characters. They weren't no, no, actors, no. they were people. They're actors by profession, but they were just people invited to a dinner party. Uh, and there's one point where this guy just keeps talking for like 10, 15 minutes about how wonderful it is to have all of his friends come over and to be honest with people and actually sit down and talk because nobody talks anymore. And he just goes on like that without anybody saying anything. And without any edits. Oh no, there there are edits. There are plenty of edits. Thank God. But uh, so he really went for like half an hour, forty five minutes. No, 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 fifteen minutes in real life, like four minutes in television, which is still a long time in television. While he's talking, the smokers leave the table, go outside. <laughs> they've got a camera outside, and then one of the non-smokers comes outside, and all you hear uh, their names are. Victoria and Meredith, all you hear them say is, ooh, you know it's the death of a dinner party when even the non-smokers going out for a fag break. <laughs> it's, that's all they do. But it's, it's kind of fascinating in that train crash way. Uh, if, if you can catch it, it's called The Dinner Party Inspectors. It's on various times on the Food Channel on Foxtel. Okay, question three. Which can I- all these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Fox. 
I love that one. We got a letter during the week from Robert or Rob. Rob. Rob H. Rob H. Rob Boxcar. Rob Hobo. What? <laughs> Why is he here Hobo now? We've already got a Robo, so. <laughs> uh, I, I had a request during the week from uh, Mick. Hi, Mick, who uh, hi, Mick. designed our Boxcar's logo. Mebo. He he was yeah Mick Bo or he was wondering because his surname oh, I won't say surname but it starts with O so he was wondering if he could be be an Obo Mobo or just Obo Mick Boxcutter thanks for listening <laughs> uh, Rob says Showtime the company cable channel behind Huff which you were a big fan of Brett mm-hmm. used to have a great website with show details episode guides podcast interviews etc. And he presumes the site still exists, but he tried to reach it and it has been barred from non-US internet users. I went to the site myself and all I got was, sorry, we at Showtime Online express our apologies. However, these pages are intended for access only from within the United States. Hmm. Why would they do that? Well, if they're planning on showing content on their website... They might want to restrict access to US only people so that they don't ruin their sales, their chances of sales to other areas. But other than that, I can't think of any good reason. No, neither can I. And it's going to become more and more of an issue as, as we were talking about earlier. Online content becomes more prevalent with just about every TV show. And we already can't download stuff from the iTunes US. Music store. We can't download but stuff I, I, from the I, I, NBC New- I was talking to store. somebody about this during the week, and he was saying, yeah, but you can access, you just can't download. You can still access the iTunes yes, that's store, cool. and you can look through, and you can play samples, apparently. I, I haven't been there myself, but it's, it's not the same. This is a complete barring from the whole website. That's true, and it, it is strange. Rob also asks if there's a way around it, and without wanting to get too technical, yes, there is a way around it. There are proxy sites that you can use to log into other websites. Which are usually used for anonymization. Yeah, they, they are often used for anonymization. A lot of uh, Chinese people use them to look at content that would otherwise be barred. Uh, a lot of censored nations use them. So if you find a US proxy site, you can try to use that to log into the Showtime US site. Mm, mm. Yeah, it, probably Google anonymous proxy, I reckon. Anonymous proxy? Yeah. Okay. That should bring it up. It'll it'll be interesting to see whether other networks over there follow suit uh with this. Do you think it do you think it would have anything to do with Showtime Australia? I don't know because Showtime US don't really sell their stuff to Showtime Australia. No, they've is... they've sold their stuff to, to Fox Eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Weeds, they apparently sold to Channel 9. To Channel 9, although, although we've seen no evidence of that. When are we going to see that? Mm. Uh, apparently soon. Mm. <laughs> Who knows when that is. Uh, but nothing from Showtime in the US has actually shown on Showtime in Australia. No, no. And I think they're quite independent of each other other than the logos. Okay. And does Showtime Australia have a website? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I would guess With so. Details about... Their shows and character no. descriptions. And well, Josh was saying Showtime Australia and... mostly show... We were talking about this a few weeks ago because Showtime is starting to show the next series of Love My Way. And Josh, you were saying the only real TV show that Showtime shows is Deadwood? Yes, that's, that's right. And, and they the show rest them... are movies. And they show that as a movie as anyway. In, in, in a block of two episodes. Mm. Uh, 
they are looking at doing more episodic drama, but I don't think they're actually going to get Showtime shows. So I don't know how that's going to work. Mm. I say use anonymous proxies. That's that's my answer to that. Mm. That's all I got. I was thinking we should have had another name for this segment other than junk. Really? Yeah, because I'm thinking people are going to go junk. Junk. <laughs> Maybe What's I'll that? stop listening to the podcast. What's that? It's an old Chinese minutes. boat. It's not. It's <laughs> not junk. It's compelling content like this. I, I mentioned. We mentioned last week that uh, Aaron Spelling died. Mm-hmm. I heard today that uh, Tori but it, Spelling. But it's not serious. The first. The, <laughs> the first uh, Tori Spelling knew of it was when a friend of hers texted her saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your father." And she wrote back, "It's, it's not serious." <laughs> Just a mild stroke. We didn't even take him to hospital. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. She was clearly, but she was so apparently for, uh, the... she was apparently more out of the loop with her mother than with her father. So maybe yeah. that's part of the problem. I heard she's a bit pissed at her mother for not telling her. Mm, yeah. Well, she you would be. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think. Uh, you guys in the episode I missed a few weeks ago were talking about where the next series of The Apprentice was going to be held. I think we were talking saying Miami at that point. It's apparently going to be Which in LA. Sounded like crap because there's nothing in Miami apart from. There was gators. also no. We ended up talking about in Cuba. Now, we ended up talking about Miami because we started talking about Cuba, but mm. it was you know possibly Florida, possibly Las Vegas, but LA. You're telling us LA is the one. And when's that starting? I don't know, but that's the one. We're a series behind here. Yes, and that's the one that's going straight to Fox. Straight Tell. to Foxtel. So I don't think Channel Nine's ever going to show the. I think it was Series 6, the intervening series. I don't think we're ever going to see that here. I, I, I could be wrong, but uh, I can't see it happening. I'm sure when Torval and Dean dancing on thin <laughs> ice is, uh, you know, falls through the ice, we might, we might see something along those lines. You might have seen the teasers on Channel 10, uh, Renee's getting married. Yep. Renee decided to uh, take off with her, with her boyfriend and, and elope. <gasps> really? Oh, no. Really? Fantastic! Um, they've got some other chick. I, I didn't make notes or anything, uh, but somebody else is getting married, but they don't know who the groom is yet. That is fantastic. For having such a terrible idea for a show, I'm so glad it blew up in their face. <laughs> That's hilarious. And apparently it's based on some European show, again, called, you know, Nugendoff's Getting Married or something. <laughs> so that I'd see. <laughs> so apparently the idea behind the series is that they... Renee or, or whoever the new chick's name is has to find a man and marry him in and, like and change weeks. her name to Renee because <laughs> <laughs> they, they're going to have to call her Renee they can't explain that every time <laughs> oh no it's Maria but we had a Renee but she eloped with her boyfriend and, but we already did all the visuals for it it's <laughs> her name's Philomena or something it's, oh really oh yeah, that's not going to work no. that's I not. think they'll stick with Renee <laughs> Have you have you guys seen the promo pics that are going around for uh, the new adventures of old Christine? No. no. Oh, they're hilarious. Uh, there's one where she's... Are they hilarious like the show? Yeah, yeah, right. just like the show. There's one where she's just baked uh, like a, a, an American kind of apple pie or, or cherry pie and half of it's burnt. Oh. And there's another one where she's got number one mum and there's a crack in the mug. They're hilarious. Oh, that's oh. That is it's good to see they've got the same writers <laughs> writing the show as writing as coming up with the ideas for their promotional. It's, it's really picks. like, do you remember those Kathy cartoons? 
that were really. I quite, still get Kathy. You still really? Oh my man, Kathy. It was a it was a comic strip. She's got a shoe fetish, and she's married now. You know, Kathy. She well, for many years, she was just the spinster working woman, and every with the parents who wanted grandkids. So. Every every comic strip was just. Isn't my life a little bit pathetic? That's what the old Vince of, of New Christine is. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure she wouldn't say that her, her life is pathetic. Hey, uh, the Sopranos have just, uh, have just solved their pay disputes. Apparently, going into the last season, there was a couple of pay disputes oh, really? with, with several of the characters, but that's all been sorted out. I won't say who because I don't want to give away who may or may not have died in the intervening series. Yes. Uh, but uh, as usual with this, they got Tony to step in. I love it. It's uh-huh. like he. It, it's but like, a bing, but a boom. <laughs> there's not that much difference from his character. You know, That's in the news article I read, it said something like, uh, "Tony himself stepped in and solved the problem." They, his they do realize, actually Tony. They do realize he's he's a fictional character. Yeah, it's yeah. James. Yeah, well, they refer, referenced him as Tony. Uh, for some for some quick uh, Foxtel things that you won't want to miss, The Daily Show with John Stewart is now being shown every night. On the Comedy Channel at 9.30 and repeated at 11.30 on Comedy Plus 2. And these are fairly new. I think they're maybe only a week old. So uh, get some of your daily show it needs goodness. To be. It needs to be It topical. really needs to be, needs to be fresh. Yeah. They do pretty much get it straight off, off the satellite. Speaking and of also, topical. The Contender is starting on July 24th on Foxtel. Speaking the, uh, of the second series of the contender, pick call. I, I was looking to talk about it when Jess was here, but didn't really get a chance. Um, Howard uh, want, wants to take Big Brother off the air. Uh, the ABC board uh, through denied the publishing of a book by Chris Masters, uh, an unauthorized biography on uh, um, Jones. Jonestown. Alan Jones. Alan Jones. Jonestown. Um, Chris Masters, who is one of the best telejournalists around. Yep, yep. And just solid as with his with his documentation and, and but proof. But now, for, now the for breaking big publishers stories. are lining up. Lining up, apparently. Yeah. Johnny said that uh, he, he didn't even know about the book deal until it came out in newspapers. But uh, this is what happens when he stacks the ABC board with his right-wing cronies. <laughs> they they do his bidding for him without him what, even having to tell them. What that man doesn't know could fill a book. <laughs> he has denied knowing everything. Hey, uh, just quickly, what the hell is with Hey Hey at Saturday repeats? They had another one this week on Tuesday yep. night. Best yep. of Hey Hey or Hey Hey by, hey, hey, by request, request number four, something. which I believe was from 1994. Yeah, this is typical of Eddie the Axe and Channel Cheapo's approach to television. I don't know who's worse, Channel Nine or the million something viewers that actually watched it. Where's I, the DVD coming out? I blame them all. The DVD would be out long ago. I'm is sure. It? Yeah, I blame them all. Mm. Uh, that's it. I'm I'm going to bed for a week. I'm going to in, uh, just completely ignore. All other humans for that week until oh. next Thursday. We talked about it. Sorry. When we come back with... Oh, we did. When we come back with another Box Cutters. Until then, I would like to thank 3 R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast. I also want to thank Jess McGuire for coming in and... Yep, check out all the stuff that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, ozculture.com and anything else that you can remember. My name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again same time. Same bat time, same bat channel next week. And hey, let's be careful out there, everybody. And that's the end of that chapter. (laughs) 